Well, U.S. payroll numbers didn't reinforce the sudden increase in U.S. employment shown in the ADP numbers last week, so the labor market might be tight, but it's not getting any tighter. The Bank of Canada meets this week. Their job numbers did show quite an increase with the, the unemployment rate falling, so does that mean the job is not over for the Bank of Canada? It's not over for the ECB, for sure, with Christine Lagarde again saying there's more to do, and Janet Yellen in China for talks. Will markets react, or have we heard it all before? It's Monday, the 10th of July 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, quite a fall in the US dollar on Friday, down 0.9%. That helped the Aussie gain 1%, the euro up 0.7%, the pound gain 0.8%, and bond yields going higher. Well, in most places, 10-year treasuries up to 4.06% now, two years at 4.95%. That is 35 basis points higher than a month ago. UK two years are at 5.36%. That's after falling 11 basis points on Friday. German two-year bonds are at 3.24%. The yield down three basis points on Friday. Australian two years, though, up 12 basis points on Friday, up to 4.3%. That's 31 basis points higher in a month. And US stocks continue to fall at the end of last week. Half a percent drop for the Dow, down 2% over the week in what was a short week, of course, with the uh, 4th of July holiday. The S&P was down 0.3% on Friday, 1.1% over the week, whilst the Nasdaq marginally down on Friday. It lost 0.9% last week. So is all the equities hype over? Well, we'll see, won't we? Meanwhile, there was a little more enthusiasm in Europe with the Euro 6 stocks 50 up 0.3% and the DAX half a percent up, but a 0.3% drop in the FTSE 100, which lost 3.6% last week. And in the last three days of the week, we saw the ASX 200 fall 3.2%. But oil is back on the upper, 2.9% lift in WTI on Friday. Brent is up 2.6%. So what do we make of all of that? Well, Sky Masters joins me from NAB in Sydney. So I guess there is a collective sigh of relief, Sky, when those non-farm payrolls numbers came out on Friday because they didn't show that big, what, half a million increase that we saw in the ADP numbers on Thursday. In fact, you know, quite encouraging as far as the Fed's concerned. Good morning, Phil. Yes, I think you know, there was a bit of mixed reaction really from um, from markets post post that payrolls report um uh, there was you know as you say a big sigh of relief um because there was that fear after that adp employment report and the and also the ism services employment index that um we could have seen mm. a, a a very large jump in in non-farm payrolls and and that we didn't we didn't see that um but within the detail it's it's mixed so i think there was that that feeling that yeah, it wasn't as as bad as we feared, but the employment, mm. um, the U.S. labor market is still tight, and you know the Fed still has has more work, more work to be done. I mean, they were going to say that whatever, weren't they? Really, but if we do, if we do look at these numbers, because it is still tight, but the growth in jobs was well below consensus, two hundred nine thousand plus. We had a downward revision on the previous number, so that is good. Uh, but the unemployment rate is down to 3.6%. The Fed's not going to like that. And then the average hourly earnings up 0.4% month on month, which is the same as May. So not heading down, and that is more than expected. So not good from the Fed's viewpoint. So it really doesn't change the expectation for the Fed at all, does it? No, I, I don't think it does. And and as you said, you know, while payroll, payroll's growth is slowing, um, I guess probably what would be remain disconcerting for the Fed is, is the tightness of the labor market that continues, you know, you know, with the unemployment rate back down at 3.6. Um, and then you're seeing on ongoing income growth through the, um, through, you know, higher, higher wages. And, and as you also mentioned, the, um, 
the weekly hours worked isn't heading down. So all of that continues to support consumption. Um, so, you know, you, you probably would have wanted to see some evidence that, um, you know, that those pressures were easing. And, and so, you, you know, you'd expect some easing in consumption, but we're not, we're not seeing that yet. Well, so, I mean, in know, America at the moment, I can tell you there's no, <laughs> there's no sign of consumption easing off here at the moment. Everyone seems to be spending, uh, you know, I mean, no sign whatsoever. I mean, but it's a, it's a healthy economy doing well, which is uh, with no sign of a slowdown. So that's the problem. It's going to take longer, isn't it, to get to that? Yes. Yes. And if we go back to sort of the market reaction, just, just looking at what, what treasuries did, it, it was quite mixed. And so I think, yeah, that the markets was sort of a bit unsure how to how to digest the data because within the two hours post the release, you know, you had the US two year note um, trading from a high of five five oh one down to four eighty five, ending the session at four ninety five. Um, much more whipsawing in the ten year though. It traded between four and four oh nine um, immediately post the release, mm. but then it closed at four oh six. Um, so you did see continued steepening in the US curve, um, post, post that data. So, you know, with the curve hitting US twos tens curve hitting around minus, um, 110, um, earlier in last week, um, we did see quite a bit of significant steepening, um, in the latter, in the latter part of the week. And that steepening did occur at a time when yields were heading higher as well. So a bit of a, bit of a bear, bear steepening that, that occurred there. Um, my take on that is, you know, one, the data did has cemented that the Fed, you know, does have to do um, more tightening. And so the market is pricing um, 34 base points of hikes by November. Um, so a terminal Fed fund yep. rate of around 542. Um, so we are sort of back at those um, pre-SVB collapse levels. Um, but interestingly, what you're also seeing is is that, Sort of ten-year part of the curve repricing as well, and it's repricing more than than your two-year. And um, yeah, we talked about this last week. But part of that is is the market sort of getting more used to that um, higher for longer view that yeah, the Fed may be close to um, the terminal um, cash rate, but the data is not yet suggesting that they have to revert to, to easing anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. And then the Bank of Canada meets this week and they had employment numbers as well on Friday. And look, the number of unemployed people rose by 60,000 there, which was three times more than expected. And actually 100,000 for the full-time employment figure and the unemployment rate uh, actually ticked up a little to 5.4%. So the, the wage growth has slowed as well. The year-on-year -year rate was 5% down to 3.9% a month. So very mixed signals, but I mean, this is what, what does this mean for the, for the Bank of Canada? What are we expecting this? Yeah. Week? So yeah, as you said, um, a bit of a mixed report, but the strength in the headline jobs number seems to have sort of cemented that view that the BOC will hike this week. Um, so most, um, Canadian analysts are now, are now looking for a 25 base point hike, um, by the BOC. Um, but I think there are still some out there who are, who are a little bit unsure. Um, given that, you know, as you said, you did see sort of a, a tick down, um, in, in annual wages growth and, and a rise in the unemployment rate. Um, so, you know, a line ball, but, but I guess most are sort of, um, airing towards the, the view that the BOC will have to t hike, hike rates again this week. 
And Janet Yellen over the weekend has been in Beijing. She's been engaged in 10 hours of talks trying to improve relations. She said that uh, they made some progress and she thinks they can build a relationship that the US, China and the world will benefit from. That would be nice, wouldn't it? But nothing concrete. So probably not much market reaction to that. But Christine Lagarde on Friday has said the ECB won't stand idly by because they still have work to do. So she's saying if they don't lift rates... They could be seen as being lazy. Interesting take. Uh, But what's also interesting, I mean, she flagged concerns about company margins as well as wages. Now, I guess there's nothing new about that. But, I mean, I wonder if that means there's a scenario that wages come down, but company profits don't. Then what do they uh, do about that? Interesting that really they are focusing equally, it would seem, on both. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's not um, a new a new story. You know, I mean, this talk about um, profit margins has been around for a little while. Um, but, it, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, they, central banks don't want sort of a, an inflation spiral, you know, induced by, you know, on, ongoing increases in, in um, wages. And I guess that's sort of the fear in terms of the US payrolls report on Friday. Not not fear, but that concern that, well, wages growth still is, is remaining relatively high. Um, so, you know, the same thing world around, you know, you, you don't want that. Central banks are trying to break that loop, um, as I mentioned before, around um, ongoing income growth, supporting mm. consumption, supporting the labour market. So they need to break that loop. Yeah. And but how? I don't think uh, they've done that yet. No, because it's harder to do, isn't it, with company profits? Uh, I mean, what? how do you break the this just the, uh, this in, ingrained idea that if, if inflation is going up, we're going to push our prices up by an equal amount? How do you stop that circle from happening? I mean, sadly, I think it's, I mean, sadly, I think it's, it's why, you know, you've had the Fed and ECB suggesting that you know that they may need to cause a recession to get to get inflation back to target you know something that the RBA um, is trying to 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 not happen um, or not have to do um, but uh, you know it, it, it's 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 that's what they'll have to do if, if it can you know if that loop remains then they help, they'll keep tightening and and then the you know there's that greater um, threat of a of a recession, but you know, I did did note on Friday, um, Chicago President Goolsbee was out, and he he was saying that he thought the Fed was on a golden path um, to get inflation down to target without a recession. Um, whereas, in contrast, um, Yellen over the weekend, you know, she's not ruling out the threat of a U.S. recession, noting that it's appropriate and normal for growth to moderate while inflation remains too high. Yeah, um, I mean, you do wonder how without it, don't you? I mean, there's got to be a big hit to consumption. So, uh, you know, what is that golden path without it? But anyway, uh, that that debate's going to carry on, isn't it, until we see where we do come out of all of this. The week ahead, uh, an important number, US CPI, obviously, is going to be the standout. The headline rate is expected to fall to 3%. The core rate, what, somewhere between uh, 35 and 4%. Wall Street Journal uh, points out today, if the economy keeps on chugging along, what we've just been saying, really, it's going to be tough to get inflation lower than uh, the current core weight, um, unless perhaps if house prices come down, then rent costs will tumble 
and that's a chunk of the core CPI. But I mean, they seem to be also pointing out, you know, it's it's hard work from here on in. So again, maybe that argument that perhaps you do have to go into a recession to try and get that that core level lower. Yeah. So as you as you said, um, yeah, the core measure is supposed to come in at or well, market consensus is for point three. So that will take the annual rate from five point three to five. So yeah, heading in the right direction, but still very high, a long way away from the target of two percent. Um, so, you know, I mm. think given the data, you know, US data last week, um, you know, you'd have to see a really, really soft, um, CPI print this week out of the US to get the market moving away from pricing another, another tightening by the Fed at the next, at their next meeting. Uh, so, you know, as you said, it, it's the key number that, that markets will be waiting for. Um, maybe, you know, in terms of bond, bond rates, we have seen a massive sell off in the last week or so. So maybe you do see a bit of consolidation into that, into that print. Um, markets are far more fairly priced at current levels, um, based on Fed expectations versus where they were a couple of weeks ago. Um, but, you know, Let's hope we don't see upside surprise to yeah, that data. Yeah, let's print. hope so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, well, someone who doesn't have to worry too much about inflation, China's uh, inflation data today, along with their trade data as well. And uh, what else this week? Well, RBNZ this week on Wednesday. But you know, the economy's slowing. I'm presuming they're not expected to do anything this week. Yes. So our RBNZ um, colleagues are uh, waiting. You know, saying that the RBNZ will be feeling comfortable um, with a hold stance. Um, and so you know, they're calling it an, a rinse and repeat um, for the monetary policy review this week Excellent. from the RBNZ. So mm. yes, that they'll be on hold. In, in Australia this week, we've got, um, Lowe speaking and he's speaking on the Reserve Bank review and monetary policy. Um, so the focus here, um, I think for, for markets will be on any possible, you know, announcement on changes to the current functioning of, of the RBA. I will they, you know, is he going to say that they're going to move to six weekly meetings from their monthly meetings and, and any changes mm. in their communication? But I guess they'll also be of interest if there's any guidance around um, their decision to pause at the July July meeting. Um, and outside of that, we have this week in Australia, we've got the NAB Business Survey and um, the latest update on consumer confidence. Right. Good. Well, we'll leave it there for now. Uh, we'll catch you again soon, Sky. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. And that's the morning call coming to you from Michigan this morning in the United States and all this week, in fact. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you again same time tomorrow. Thanks for listening.